When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is V-Week at ESPN Radio. I never imagined that I'd be able to be standing here 20 years after Jimmy V's speech. I hear Jimmy's words in my head. The most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. So I will never give up. To be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. That speech, don't give up, don't ever give up, has created what we're here today. Because of all the donations, research, and support, mine is one of the lives that's been saved. This is V-Week at ESPN Radio. Join the fight. Go to v.org backslash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you it is Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio. All of our ESPN Radio shows will be seen on ESPN2 all day today. V.org slash donate. If you're able to join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, you can by giving to V.org slash donate now. We know things obviously continue to be tough for so many folks financially, but anything you could do to help, V.org slash donate. And when you donate to the V Foundation, 100% of your donation goes to cancer research because they have a separate endowment that covers administrative expenses. So so there you go with that. 100% of what you give goes to research so those working hard can find the cures that are needed. And the V Foundation has received 11 consecutive four-star ratings out of four, by the way, by Charity Navigator, a leading charity evaluator that places the V Foundation amongst, that places the, v Foundation amongst the top 2% of all charities evaluated. So you're giving to a good cause for research. And the foundation, the V Foundation, is obviously doing great things, and you can feel confident in doing so. If you missed any of our conversation just now with Camilo Vajegas, the professional golfer, uh, an absolute touching story that he presented. I don't know how he could present it the way he has presented it, whether it's the loss of his 22-month-old daughter because of cancer and what he's doing with me as miracles. I mean, talk about a hero. He and his foundation and his wife as well. Just, I mean... Beautiful words from him. You could, If you missed any of it, you can go back on the ESPN app later and listen to the podcast. There is no easy way of transitioning into what we normally talk about, which is completely meaningless in the grand scheme of things. So our job every day between 6 and 10 a.m. Eastern is to talk about all of the stuff that doesn't matter, to put a smile on everyone's face for those dealing with the stuff that does matter. Yeah. We talk about football. We talk about Monday Night Football last night. We talk about the fact that the Vikings lost to the Bears in an upset that occurred last night with, obviously, Chicago beating... <laughs> Um, Minnesota. We also talk about the fact that Chicago has an interesting twist this year because they get the Panthers draft pick and the Panthers yesterday fired their head coach Frank Reich after 11 games, 1-10 and 10, into the season. Now some facts about this that are just overwhelming. You tell me both of you which fact, these are facts, stands out the most. These are no, not opinions. Okay. This is the third, third straight year a first year head coach in the NFL has been fired. Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett, now Frank Reich. That's Frank, uh, fact one. This is fact two. This is the first time a head coach has ever been fired in back-to-back seasons. Back-to-back, and it's also in-season. Fact three, this is the third time since David Tepper took over the Carolina Panthers that he has fired a head coach in-season. He took over in 18 or 19, Ron Rivera, Matt Rule, and Frank Reich. 
So which fact is the most interesting? These are overwhelming facts. Yeah, I got to go with number two. Door number two, <laughs> fi- being fired mid-season in back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we've ever seen a coach fired in back-to-back seasons, right? Let yes. alone in the middle of the season. So Frank Reich having his name on that piece of NFL history, probably not what he's looking for. And he said this is probably going to be the final chapter in his NFL career. But I, I just – it, it it's a different level of dysfunction with the Carolina Panthers have been experiencing the past three or four years under David Tepper's leadership and looking at looking or trying to spin this thing forward. I have a hard time imagining this is going to be a attractive job, just given how dysfunctional it seems on his face and the things that Frank Wright outlined earlier when he had that uh, press conference in alluding to how David Tepper was in hands-on owner and how it created a lot of tension within the building. So I just I, I that's the thing I worry about in terms of the Panthers being able to get the return on investment. Think about all that they have given up for Bryce Young, passing on C.J. Stroud, giving up D.J. Moore, passing on having the number one overall pick in a quarterback rich draft that features two transcendent talents in Caleb Williams and Drake May. That's a lot to give up. For Bryce Young. And now you're adding another layer or another degree of difficulty on Bryce's development by having him adjust to a new coaching staff, a new scheme, and all that entails or all that goes along with that. So I just, it it seems like it's a tough spot for the kid, but it's also going to be a tough vacancy to fill in terms of being able to find the best and brightest mind in order to develop your culture, but more importantly, I guess equally as important, develop your quarterback. And you just hope that Bryce Young is not in a situation where it's gotten so convoluted for him that whoever comes in next can't pull him out and try and course correct. We've seen that so many times throughout NFL history where a quarterback goes to a place and they break him, essentially, whether it's physically or mentally. And I'm really hoping that in in a short NFL career that Bryce Young hasn't arrived at that destination yet. But, um, Evan, can can you give me door number three again, please? Uh, Yes, that's the third time that David Tepper, the owner of the team has fired a coach in season, and I think he's had the coach for five uh, the team for five years. That to me is the one that really pops out. Five up. years, three. In, I hate to laugh. I'm not laughing at the termination. Well, you have to laugh to keep, the to keep from crying. I mean, yeah. the fan base wants to cry right now, big time. And it's not saying that those three coaches are necessarily bad coaches, but if you have an owner that is very meddlesome, and you have an owner that does not let the football people that he employs 100% do their job and have the patience to maybe let that develop, that's not a winning formula. That's not what winning franchises do. And even though the state of the Carolina Panthers right now, certainly um, you could use that as a data point to make this move that they made with Frank Reich, I also think, David Tepper, you might want to look in the mirror a little bit. Well, that's that's the thing, Smalls, because what you just said is the biggest point that, that we've all made when talking about this given topic. Will David Tepper let football people make football decisions? It's not a matter of whether or not the three coaches he fired know football. We know Matt Rule, Ron Rivera, and Frank Wright know football. We know that. Yeah, We know that. So uh, that's not the case. The question is, do we know that this owner will allow them to make the decisions that they want to make? And in listening to Frank Wright when he was talking about the whole Bryce Young situation and, and them deciding to take him, I mean, it doesn't sound like that was the decision that Frank Wright and his staff wanted to make. It sounded like they wanted to go with C.J. Stroud and that the ownership vetoed him and went with Bryce Young. Now, we'll never know. That'll never come out. But I do think it calls into question whether or not that was actually Frank Reich's pick. 
it does call into question whether or not that was the general manager's pick. It feels like this is an owner that gets real handsy with football decisions and finds people to scapegoat within his franchise because he's done it with Matt Rule. He's done it with Ron Rivera. He's now done it with Frank Reich. It just feels like that's where this team is. And, and I don't know where that leaves Bryce Young, and that's the scary part of it all. You're hoping that he's more Trevor Lawrence than Mac Jones, mm. but we don't know. And that's the scary part to be, especially if you're a Panthers fan, given all that you've given up. If you're wrong about Bryce Young, if he's not a transcendent talent, if he can't live up to being the number one overall pick, then, then you're talking about this franchise taking years to get off the mat. You gave up, what, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and DJ Moore? Yeah. He's got to beat the guy. Yeah. Like I said, you don't own your first-round pick in 2024. You don't own your second-round pick in 2025, in addition to everything you gave up in 2023. And with everything that's happening with the Houston Texans, by the way, like the guy who you passed on and C.J. Stroud <laughs> looks transformational, yeah. it, it puts even more pressure on so, Bryce Young. a couple of questions on this. Are we in agreement that a head coach that has options, or head coaching candidate, excuse me, that has options is likely not going to take this gig? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you need to find a head coach. And are you in agreement that the head coach needs to be basically assigned and attached to the quarterback to make him better? <sighs> now, to me, again, let's go back to D'Amico Ryans. I believe D'Amico Ryans is making C.J. Stroud better. You don't have to be an offensive guy oh, no to doubt. do that. No right? doubt. You so just do you have believe, to be a good coach. Do you believe that the coach has to be attached to the quarterback? Yes, but I want to go back to what you just said, all right? You, like, th- this is not going to be the preferred job for a viable head coaching candidate. Ben Johnson, you, Lions offensive well, coordinator. Not the preferred no, no, job. But, he but, well, here's the, well, well, here's the thing. Shefty already talked about it yesterday on Monday Night Countdown. There could be as many as 7 to 10 Head coaching vacancies in the hiring cycle. We've already seen two head coaches get fired already. There are going to be more, whether it's in season or at the end of the season. Think about that. Like, we, we might be running out of hot, quote-unquote, hot head coaching candidates so I got by, the, by the time the Carolina Panthers roll around and actually find the guy that they want. So here's, here's the pitch. What if I told you? What if I told you I could get, give you a guy that is not necessarily going to be in demand as a head coaching candidate? A guy that has a winning record as an NFL head coach. A guy that has coached in six full seasons in the NFL, and five of the six had a winning record. Four of the six made the playoffs. And what if I told you Bryce Young won 23 of 27 games playing for this guy and threw 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and won a Heisman? Their next head coach is going to be Bill O'Brien. I know you're going with Bill O'Brien's going to be their next head coach. You watch. It makes sense, CeCe. I can't say you're wrong. I cannot say you're wrong. He's not going to be – trust me, I've watched the Patriots offense. You watch too much of it on Sunday. He's not going to be in demand. <laughs> I promise you that as an NFL head coach. That's on down the trough when it comes to NFL head coaches, though, that you want to fill vacancies this offseason. I mean, you're right. He's not going to be demand. And what happened at the end of his tenure in Houston, can't blame it a lot on him because we saw what happened with the chaplain, Jack Easterby, running yeah, the franchise over the GM and the head coach, which made no sense. So all of the dysfunction, the muck and the mire, that was the Houston Texans around when he got clipped. Maybe that is put more on the franchise. Maybe that sticks to them more than it sticks to him. But I got to tell you, he's not covering himself in glory with what's going on with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi this this year. Now, I know, I get it. There's not a lot to work with in New England. But, man, do those quarterbacks look awful. You've made the point. I mean, time and time again, 
that Mac Jones looked better under Matt Patricia last year than he has yeah. under Bill O'Brien. That's true. So is that something that you want to sign up for if you're David Tepper? Right, but here's... Is that here's, something that you can sell to your fan base? Because that's also a part of the math, too. Totally. Like this is a relatively new owner when it comes to that community, and there's not a lot of trust and credibility built up. You know what I mean? So there, there's that aspect of the relationship that you have to satisfy, too, if you're David Tepper. Who is somebody that can invoke confidence and credibility not just throughout the building in the organization, but throughout the community that that lets them believe that their program can get back on track sooner rather than later. I got one other guy. It's not a. It's not Bill O'Brien. Well, I got one other guy. I think you're going to like this better, but you're also. It's not going to do what you just said. What if? And we anticipate this could happen. What if Sean McDermott gets bounced by the Bills? He was the defensive coordinator Go back in Carolina. Carolina. Hmm. Now he may be in more demands because he's one of these guys that you look at and you're like. It may not be long-term for the Bills, but if he gets hired the next day, everybody can understand it. Yeah, Sean McDermott will have more options. Yeah, yeah. He'll so have that's more the problem. Anybody here, with options, here, you're going to say no, here's, no. Here's a name I'll throw out there. Okay. Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator. Was and he was already. the interim coach last year, and they won, what, six games under Steve Wilkes? They probably should have kept him. They probably should have kept Steve Wilkes. A lot of people in the community wanted him to keep Steve yeah. Wilkes. So a, a third, a third tour duty in Charlotte for Steve Wilkes with the Carolina Panthers yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right, but that would that would require David Tepper to basically say, I made a mistake and not retaining you. And I don't know if we if – He's the type of guy that's going to do Well, that. he's already admitted that he's made a mistake, what, three times? <laughs> he also may be even more demanding. Think about the contract he gave Matt Rule. Think about the contract he gave Frank Reich. Frank Reich is going to be paid $25 million over the next three years to not do nothing. Man. 25. It's great work if you can find it. Wait, doesn't he I'm, also get the indie money too? He probably gets even more than that. that. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> enjoy like, enjoy hey, that boat, if you're, if you're David Tepper, you've already admitted that. You still paying Matt Rule. You still paying Frank Wright. What do you pay Matt Rule? Something stupid like 50, 40, right? 60 million dollars to go away? Like, think about that. So you're already, he's already admitted that he's made back to back mistakes. What's, what's one get, more by trying to go with somebody that you know the players in the locker room respond to well in Steve Wilkes? When we talk about Giving Tuesday, we don't talk about NFL owners giving money for coaches to go away. That's yeah. not really what we're referring to on Giving Tuesday, no. but it seems like that maybe David Tepper thinks it's Hey, how do I is. get those jobs? Yeah. Greg Olson trying to figure out how to get that yes, job. He is. Greg Olson is not shy about that. Fans well, would love that. Guess what? Greg Olson would be part two, somebody out of the broadcast booth to be an interim head coach or a full-time head coach. Yeah. Part one happened last year, and he joined joins us coming up. That is Chef Saturday. So we can ask him about that on, of course, Giving Tuesday, v.org slash donate for the ability to donate money, to raise money for cancer research. You can do that, v.org slash donate. And, of course, 100% of the donation goes to cancer research. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 
unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today is Giving Tuesday. It's a day when people across the country give back to support the organizations that mean the most to them and their communities. So today, all day long, ESPN Radio is going to be supporting the V Foundation. If you're able, go to V.org slash donate to help support the V Foundation for Cancer Research. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It is Giving Tuesday. V.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Started in honor of the late, great Jimmy V. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. The words, Jim Valvano, his speech, former North Carolina State head basketball coach, how he came into prominence in the sports world, a personality larger than life, has that memorable speech at the ESPYs, passes away, unfortunately, in 1993, and ever since then, in his name, ESPN has partnered with the V Foundation to raise money for those in need. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, we transition into the unimportant stuff in the world, which is sports in comparison to real life stuff. Jeff Saturday is with us. Um, this is an interesting thing because we see the guy that you replaced in Indy last year yeah. get fired yesterday in Carolina. Then we see Greg Olson of Fox kind of put it out there through different channels. Hey, I'd be interested trying to follow in your lead as going from broadcast booth to head coaching um, job. So open-ended. What do you make of all of this, Jeff? <laughs> it's, it's fast. I know that. <laughs> 11 weeks in, dude's already getting fired. That, that's uh, that's pretty quick. Obviously, something's going on uh, in the building that they're not in alignment, and so they decide they need to move on and move forward. Um, Frank, you know, full, full uh, transfer here for, you know, Frank is a friend, so uh, obviously I'm siding with him uh, of whatever happened. Uh, but but you know he he's he's a class act. He said uh, you know he wishes the Panthers the best. I do as well. Uh, as far as like from a coaching perspective, um, you know Greg Olson being interested. I mean I, I think it's fantastic. I, I'd like I'd like all players to get back in. I think the biggest thing is being able to go in. Get your own staff, set your own culture, right? Like all of those things. So um, the, the way that you would go about it, him him looking at that at after the end of the season, I think makes a ton of sense. And if it's something that he's passionate about and wants to go get, um, you know, the work is there, man. And and he, you know, the, the the easy part for players is the connection in the locker room. You you're going to connect. You understand what it took to get you to be, you know, a potential Hall of Famer for Greg Olson or you know, however you look at his playing career. Uh, all of those things. It's the it's the um, being able to build a staff is going to be the most important for him. But yeah, man, I, I, look, I'm for all player. I'm for AP. I'm for all all the former players doing it, man. <laughs> Let's go. I'm, I'm on their Let's side, go. right? The Dan Campbell's of the world, bro. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, Jeff, stealing the adage from Chris Berman, one is a mistake, two is a pattern, three is a trend. I mean, you're talking about an owner in David Tepper that has fired three head coaches in the middle of the season over the past five years. As somebody that's wore the head coaching hat in the NFL, somebody that's close to a lot of head coaches around the NFL, when it comes to this vacancy this offseason, 
What does that do in terms of the level of attractiveness for the Carolina Panthers coaching job? Well, the first is there's only 32. People are going to want the job. So, so as far as like how attractive is it, all those kinds of things, it's going to be attractive. And, and because coaches, every coach thinks they're going to overcome that. Like I'm just telling you, every coach in their head will be like, hey, I can get along with this owner. I can make this work. I would take this because there's not many that – there's not – that many opportunities. So every, you know, as far as like, would people want to take the job? Everybody's like, oh, nobody's going to want it. Yes, they do. Like, every assistant coach wants that gig, man. Whatever you think you you know, you have no idea. Them dudes want that gig, and they think they will change it. The issue for me with a temper situation is volatility. And I can tell you from sitting in that chair, I know it was on for only eight weeks. Volatility, whether it's between the owner and the head coach, the owner and the general manager, the general manager and the head coach, like those three spots have got to be aligned. And if they are not, that's a tough working environment. I'm just telling you right now, dude, like like to go to work every day and you are there every day, all day. You know what I mean? There, There is no, you know, these guys are putting time in. They're going to be there. So if the relationship is hostile or frustrating, imagine going in every day and that's what it feels like. Like, And, and so I would tell every one of those guys, man, make sure that we're all in agreement of what we're going to have because ultimately I think that's what happened in Carolina. It hasn't been reported, so I'm not going to try to, you know, but what for whatever reason, for a guy to get fired in 11 weeks, something they didn't agree on became a burr in the saddle of a a lot of them, and they had they decided they had to move on because it wasn't just Frank. I mean, you know, Deuce got fired, um, uh, Josh, Josh, got, Josh fired, got fired. So, yep. so whatever it is, all those guys dealing in the quarterback arena or area, they all got canned. Um, so, so, so something is there, but volatility, man. You and I, but like, like. That's a rough way to go to work every day, bro. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. Like, you might get fired, and you know this dude's done it three times. And it, it, it you, it's not like you, you go be the one guy that he yeah. goes, nah, nah, I like this guy too much. Yeah. Like, like, like that, that relationship don't exist. Just out of curiosity, as a follow up, I know you said that there are only 32 of these jobs in the world, but yeah. if you're a coaching candidate that has options, is this going to be your top priority? Right, the options part matters, right? Is that yeah. that's what matters? If you're getting other offers, it probably becomes part of the conversation. But I'll just be real: very rarely, like like when I was being interviewed, what the media knew and what I knew, it wasn't close. Like I knew when I was out of the you know out of the conversation well before what was really there. And so I would tell you a real offer, like getting a real, not just the interview, but really being in the mix, is a completely different conversation and most teams have an idea of who they're going with or going to and when they sit down in those meetings and they have you know the two or three to be in the final two or three of every team to me would be difficult because that other team doesn't want to have somebody who's being chased right they're looking for their guy they want their guy that's right they want their guy so that's the way it would look out interesting and as David Tepper and and Carolina gets down to those people when they eventually hire a new head coach. I imagine that Bryce Young is a huge factor in all of this, not only because you need a franchise quarterback in order to win, but with all the capital they gave up to get him, it's very important that he has that development. So do you think they'll look for somebody who is well-versed on the offensive side of the ball? I would. I mean, I mean, when you when you look at like uh, uh, Shane Steichen, who just went to, to uh, Indianapolis and what they're doing, and they're doing it with Gardner Minshew, but they draft um, Anthony Richardson high, right? I think he 
top four. When you think about what happened uh, in Chicago, and I know Fields wasn't one of the top, but but what what the investment with Trey Lance and Sanford and how they've had to overcome those things, like that position is is significant. And what you're saying about capital that you gave up to get it, not having a first-round pick, these guys are going to have to all be in agreement that Bryce Young can carry. And I'll say this about Bryce Young. The knock on him was his size was going to be a detriment to his you know toughness to stay in games. Well, the dude's done it. I mean, a dude has been smoked many a week, and the dude gets up and shows up and keeps throwing it. It may not be good. They may not be winning, but the dude is freaking tough as nails now. Like, like he has overcome a great deal. And, and if, if you look at it, you would not have thought that Richardson, who's this great big human being, would be out for the season. And here's a guy who's 175 pounds. I'm just making that up, by the way. Fans don't shoot at me because I have no idea what he's But he's a little dude, and then he's taking the beating and still showing up. Like, it, it is so, – so we don't – always know as we scout right like there's unfortunate things that happen in our game but the kid so far has shown up and, and, and taken on the chin and keeps playing 205 by the way 205 uh, I don't believe that no I don't know I know that I've seen that dude he ain't six feet tall and he ain't over 200 pounds no way that's the program way last thing here with Jeff Saturday ESPN NFL analyst he'll be on get up at 8am Eastern I just want to quickly go back to something you just said so when you were interviewing for the Colts full-time position. Yeah. Right? I, I believe you put out the video on, like while fishing, if I'm not mistaken, yes. yeah, saying, yeah. all right, it's not me. I'm still part of the Colts family, et cetera. Right. But you just said two, like a minute ago, I knew way before everyone else through the interview process. Explain what you mean by that. Like yeah, what because, happens there? Because you're going through and you're having conversations with the owner, with the general manager, with all the different pieces and parts of – the football team, and and whether you glean it yourself or you have an actual conversation with, hey man, this is going to be this going to be a tough part, right? Like when you sit down to lay out your program, and you're saying, hey, this is the way I'm going to do things. Here's the staff that I want. This is what it looks like. If if the team is is already going well, I'm not really sure if that fits what we want as an organization. You can see that, like, like you, you clearly know, right? Like wh- whatever those things may be. Hey, I like this style player. We want this to like all of those things come up in these conversations. There's very little that's going to be a surprise. That that's what I mean by it. because you have to lay a vision out. I mean, when I tell you like these are hundred page, you know, I, I put together. I mean, like this this is not like you just wake up and go, hey, this is what I'm th-. like. You, I went back and talked to every head coach that I had played for. I put together thoughts and ideas about player development, about you know practicing, about time in for coaching, like all those different facets that you have to touch as the head coach, which is everything in the organization. Again, you have to get full agreement with the general manager, with the owner. Make sure everybody agrees. Because the minute trouble hits, it's too late to have those conversations. They had to have been discussed before that. So I would say when you're having those, you realize if the team is on board or not on board. And again, that doesn't mean you necessarily may not get the gig, but it's going to be a point of contention as you're going through it. Amazing. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. You'll catch Jeff 8 a.m. Eastern time on Get Up. A reminder, it is Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio. All of our shows will be seen on ESPN to go to v.org slash donate now and help support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research. We will give you more information about this. Plus, Jim Harbaugh had some interesting things to say yesterday about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Today is Giving Tuesday, and today we're choosing to support the V Foundation. If you're able, we hope that you'll join us today and support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research in honor of our friend, Stuart Scott. Go to V.org slash Stuart to help the V Foundation achieve victory over cancer. That's V.org slash Stuart. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance on Giving Tuesday, V Foundation Day. V.org slash donate. 100% of your donations go to Cancer Research. Founded in 93 by ESPN and the late great Jim Valvano, the legendary NC State basketball coach, ESPN analyst. The mission is to fund the game-changing research for all of the all-star scientists to accelerate victory over cancer and save lives. 100% of the money goes to cancer research. The V Foundation has awarded over $353 million in research grants since it began, and each person's support for the V Foundation fuels the creativity of scientists and the bold ideas they have in the pursuit of game-changing breakthrough and saving lives. And kudos to um, the person in charge on our end on the ESPN radio side, Megan Judge, who's done a phenomenal job of making sure we have all of the proper information and the great messages are spread all across the ESPN radio airwaves with all of the important stuff. The non-important stuff is the playground and the sandbox that we get to live in every single day and talk about with things like a Michigan and Ohio State. So it's interesting. Jim Harbaugh's back, right? He is back now. Mm-hmm. And he met with the media yesterday after his Michigan Wolverines team, without him, beat Ohio State. And he discussed the current state of the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. A lot of that seems very built up from outside of the two programs. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say contrived, uh, but I mean, it is hyped up. I mean, hyped up to uh, to ends of to no to no ends. Um, and these are these are student athletes, young adults that are, are playing this game. And all we ask them to do is go out there and play their very best. So to answer your question, I, I think that is is very manufactured for the TV show that people want to want to watch and, and, and see. Well, confirmation, Jim Harbaugh, big on Sportsmanlike fan. Yeah. That has been an angle we've discussed. Is this too much for the TV show with Michigan-Ohio State? Be- why did we say why did we say that? Because Beanie Wells last week on our show, former Ohio State running back, went to great lengths to express his dislike for Michigan and how important Ohio State victory would have been over Michigan and more important than a national championship, Beanie? 
if we're talking a situation where Ohio State's been winning the last few years, maybe it might be a little bit different for myself. But, well, no, it wouldn't be different for myself. <laughs> I'd never want to lose to those guys. <laughs> but it may be different for fans. But, you know, we're talking three years in a row. I don't think anybody out there would take losing three years in a row uh, to go get a national championship. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, and I'm, you know, wow. we're believe a ton of fans wouldn't think it was worth it either. I think the most important thing we just heard was CC's wow. Like, because it, it, like, it's mm-hmm. too much. Is there a part of this that's a little contrived here? No. This is a huge game. And I get where Jim Harbaugh is coming from. He's now on the right side of the history when it comes to the game. But prior to this three-game winning streak that he's had over Ohio State, he hadn't beaten them. Like, that's that's an issue. How many years was it? Five, six years? With Urban? Yeah, with Urban. When Urban was there, I think Urban Meyer was 7-0 and when it came to that game. So is there an ulterior so, motive so, here? Does no. he want to downgrade this rivalry to make sure Ryan Day stays? So that he can continue to win? <laughs> that might be a part of the man. That might be a part of the man. I, I know I can beat this guy with his brand of ball. Yeah, his don't fire him because of that. I, I, I know I can win against this dude. Keep him around. Yeah. So so maybe downplaying that a little bit. I, I don't know, man. But I, but I guess the whole point of it is it's easy to take that stance now that he's on the right side of it. But remember, prior to that, it felt like Jim Harbaugh was on his way out. And it's not as if Jim Harbaugh wasn't winning at Michigan. He was. Right. But if you don't win the game, that puts your job at risk. Your job security is now in question if you can't find a way to beat Ohio State if you're on the Michigan sideline or if you're the, the, the Ohio State head coach. If you can't find a way to beat Michigan, that's a problem. Think about this. John Cooper, the second winningest coach all time in Ohio State football history was clipped shortly after he had a three-game losing streak in the game Mm -hmm. against Michigan. And that's when they ushered in the Jim Trestle era of Buckeye football. So it's, it's not hyperbole. This is a huge game, and the stakes have always been great when these two teams match up. Now, Sadly enough, I think Saturday's game is probably the last time we're going to see the stakes be that high just because of the expansion of the college football playoff, and that doesn't, in fact, become a de facto elimination game. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's like those two teams understood whoever loses this game is probably not going to have a chance to compete for a national championship. I'm not sure that's going to be the case moving forward with 12 teams now in the college football playoff in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, this one had a little extra mustard on it with everything that, yeah. was, that was going on on and off the field. But, guys, Jim Harbaugh says some goofy stuff. He says some stuff that makes you scratch your head. This is tied for first as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what is he talking about? He is a Michigan man. Tied for first? He did the whole chickens in the backyard thing. This is that's there. one of right the there? most shocking things I've ever heard Jim Harbaugh say. He knows that this is not manufactured. He knows that the happiness of people in two states and our great country is determined for an entire calendar year based on this game. We had Beanie Wells on. We just played the sound saying he would rather win that game than a national championship. We know that when you walk into the Ohio State facility, there is a clock that is ticking down the seconds until that game. Maurice Claret was asking or calling for uh, 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 Ryan Day to be fired That's after right. he lost for three straight. That is so not, is Chris Canty. That is not manufactured. <laughs> this is, At least I'm not alone. There you go. This is in no way manufactured for television purposes. This is what a great rivalry should be. Something that 
that has this much weight behind it, something that determines your emotions for an entire calendar year. Okay, so you both disagree with Harbaugh. You say it's completely not manufactured, that this is a real thing. I would argue it's too much of a thing. It's gotten so out of control that you're placing value on the wrong things. You're placing too much value on this and not enough value on winning a championship. Because this is supposed to be fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. Winning have, a title is fun. Sure, yeah, but, but you know what though? You know what though? There's a part of me that respects the fact that everybody that's involved with this rivalry hates to lose more than they love to win. That, that's the part. That's what I'm getting. When I hear what Beanie Wells says, when I hear what Maurice Claret had to say about it, anybody that's ever been associated with Buckeyes, Wolverines, Michigan, Ohio State, they hate to lose this game mm-hmm. more than they love to win, period. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, they don't want to deal with the misery of the next 365, or I guess in Ohio State's case, what, 1,500 days? They're going to have to live with the fact that Michigan has beaten them three straight times? Like, they, they don't want to... They don't want to feel that type of pain. They hate that. That matters more than winning that game or winning a national championship. Just don't lose to Michigan. I don't know if you can set up a way where they could tie every year, but (laughs) they don't want to lose that game because of what it means for the rest of the year and how they're going to feel. It's going to be miserable. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I just don't know what – Jim Har- Harbaugh's motivating factor is in making these comments. I think it's exactly what happens. <laughs> that he wants Ryan Day don't to say. Don't fire Ryan Day. I know, I know I can beat that guy. Urban Meyer, not so much. I don't want Urban Meyer coming back here. I don't want to deal with that. What was it, four in a row, five in a row, but, he lost to Urban? By the way. Something like that? No. Uh, I don't want no more of that CC Urban Meyer also smoke. suggested that Michigan interim coach Sharon Moore get the job at Ohio State, right? And I was filling in on Greeny yesterday, 10A to noon, which we will be on today, 10A to noon Eastern time on ESPN Radio. And Hembo on the air says to me, why did CC make that prediction? Like, why is he saying that? What was the justification? I said, well, he's seen the guy that can win that game. Well, here's the the thing. It's it's not even a prediction. What I'm saying is this. Sharon Moore is going to be a coaching candidate, whether people agree with it or not. Now, I don't think he's going to get the Ohio State job. I'm just saying, how much spice would it add to the rivalry? That's the thing. When when I'm talking about things, I'm rooting for the show and what would be in the best interest of the show. How spicy would it be? That is so team us. For for the pupil in Sharon Moore, who was the interim coach six games this year, to end up being on the Ohio State sidelines coaching against Jim Harbaugh. But again, if if all that matters is winning the Michigan-Ohio State game, he's proven he could do that. He can win that game. He's proven he, he can, can do that. that. It is Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio. It's a day where we give back, and you can as well. Go to v.org slash donate now and help support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Coming up, could there actually be no SEC teams in the college football playoff? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today is Giving Tuesday. When you donate to the V Foundation, 100% of your donation goes to cancer research because they have a separate endowment that covers administrative expenses. 100% of what you give goes to the researchers working so hard to find a cure. If you're able, go to v.org slash donate to help support the V Foundation for Cancer Research. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on Giving Tuesday. V.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Join the fight for the V Foundation. ESPN has done a phenomenal job of raising awareness and raising money over the course of many years. Millions of dollars, $353 million for the V Foundation to fight cancer and raise money for cancer research. One in three women and one in two men in the United States will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. That is too many, obviously, and we are trying to fight that. V.org slash donate. Again, no easy transition to the less important than non-important stuff we talk about every day, sports and entertainment, but we try to do that on Giving Tuesday today. So college football playoff, the rankings come out tonight, the final rankings before the final rankings. Penultimate, I believe it's. Penultimate, that yeah. is correct. It's too long of a word It's also for me. a phenomenal wine, too, if you had had it. Penultimate. Oh, never yeah. had Penultimate it. is a wine? Penultimate is a wine. It's a big boy wine, too. Very, very good. Smalls? Very good. Never, Smalls, over to you. Never had it. Very Is good. it a red? It's a cab, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back it's, to me actually, now. Actually, it might just be a red blend, but it's phenomenal. Back to Susie. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get yeah, it. It's, it's, okay. It's special occasion wine, though. Maybe I will yeah. not be getting it. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those you probably have somebody gifted to you. Okay. Have somebody gifted to Eagle. Okay. Have, have them gifted to you. Okay. Are we talking about go. like in the, in the Camus category or a tier above? No, it's over Camus. Okay. Right, so is, I will not is, be getting it. Let, let me translate yeah, here. It's better than Camus or Silver Oak or any of that. This oh, is, this okay. is a level. Tier like, above. It's like kind of like Opus. It might even be above Opus. Ooh. Yeah. So we all know each other well enough now where you can pick up on little cues. I didn't pick up on it initially. Now I, I did. So here's what happened just now. Cece mentioned that he likes this wine. Smalls jumps in. Oh, that's good. Cece then realized, ah, maybe I shouldn't have brought this up because it is an enormous amount of money. And now I'm telling people how much I spend on wine. Then Smalls says, oh, I'll get it. And Cece gives a look of, you sure about that? How much per bottle, Cece? I don't know. Stand by. <laughs> but if you have to ask it. the question... Then you can't afford it. The, gi- meaning, <laughs> the Giants got it for them when they won a Super Bowl or something like that. No, nah, no. Nah, actually, my, oh. wife, my wife got me a bottle for my birthday. Okay. Yeah, Smalls? A couple bottles, actually. It's, yeah. it's a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Four figures or three figures? Uh, well, I, I found a three-pack, and it has a comma in it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll just put it that way. But you know what? The bottle is beautiful. It's good. It's really, really good. <laughs> so, you know, we went to Napa for our, our one-year anniversary, yeah. and this was one of the vineyards that we went to, cool. the vineyard that sells that. So it was kind of a little, you know, it was one of those little specialty things, a right? A reminder of your trip. A reminder, exactly. I love and that. Just say I love you. Thoughtful gift, right? It's the thought that, that counts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually some coin that matters too, though, mm-hmm. right? 
It's amazing how yeah. that translates. Yeah, right, exactly. The yeah, gifts yeah. that say, wow, you really love me. You thought yeah. about me. They tend to have They commas. tend to cost a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. There you go. All right. Anyway, um, so college football playoff. I threw out there the idea. Could we actually not see an SEC team in the college it's football ridiculous. playoff? Okay, hold on. It's ridiculous. Now, let me just be clear. In my, in my setup on this. If it were up to me, I'd put four SEC teams in there every single year. Like I, That's how much wow. better I think the SEC is than every conference. But let me play this out. And this, this is based on the Small's opinion that FSU's in undefeated, that they're going to be in, right? So I'm playing off of that. It just feels like it'd be very difficult to craft the argument to leave them out. Okay. Michigan in with a win. Washington beats Oregon. That's their second win against Oregon. FSU beats Louisville. Those three are undefeated conference champions. They're in. Alabama beats Georgia. The committee is then in a spot where you have to pick Alabama or Georgia. An impossible pick. Do they consider taking Texas as a way out and just say, Alabama beat Georgia head-to-head, Texas beat Alabama head-to-head, we're going to put Texas in and leave both SEC teams out? I think it would be a mistake, but it is a possibility. Yeah, I heard Booger McFarland make this same argument yesterday, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. There's I did no, not hear that. I guess there, I should there, have. There, there's no world that exists in which you're going to tell me the team that wins the conference championship in the premier conference yeah. in college football is not going to be out. Like the team that has the most ranked teams, this, this conference that has the most ranked teams in college football in the top 25, you're going to tell me that conference champion is going to be out? Tell me how that makes sense, Smalls. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so one of those two teams has to be in, and I actually think you could make the case if Alabama wins that both them and Georgia should be in the top four teams. Now, what that does? Oh my is God! That, I just looked at that wine. Anyway, go ahead. Is, is that gonna, is that going to leave a couple of undefeated teams out that might have won their conferences? Sure. But I don't think anybody is sitting there saying that those teams would be favored over the way that Alabama's playing or over the way that Georgia's playing right now. So even though Texas does have a head-to-head win over Alabama, I don't think anybody thinks on a neutral field that Texas is going to beat Alabama now with this version of Jalen Milrow, somebody that you says should be the front-runner for the Heisman in 2024. Definitely should be. So I just want to be clear on this. So right this second, because this is you guys differing on this, right? Right this second – if given the choice between a one-loss SEC team or an undefeated conference champion, let's call it Washington or FSU, and you had to choose one, I think you and I would take the one-loss SEC team and you would take the undefeated conference champion. Correct, Smalls? From a viewing standpoint? Is this what I want no, or what, what they I should think do. they what will they do? Should, well, okay, you tell us, Smalls. I would want the SEC team. I okay. think from from my viewpoint of me on my couch wanting the best possible matchup and the juiciest storylines give me the SEC team all day but i also don't know how you as the committee look at an undefeated florida state program and make the argument that they're not worthy even even though they aren't at full capacity. They've overcome a lot. They've done what they needed to do. I just think that they're going to have to put them in. But what muddies the waters is what if Oregon, a one-loss team, beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship? Like what? What do you do then? Because the committee has already told they've already told us that they like Oregon's strength of schedule and their resume better than Texas's. That's why Texas is behind them. So think about that. So even if Texas wins the Big 12 championship and only has the one loss to Oklahoma, they're telling us they prefer Oregon. So 
What does that do when you start having that question mark of Alabama who won the SEC championship versus Oregon Pac-12 champion versus Texas Big 12 champion? It just becomes really convoluted. But to me, I always go back to the strength of conference, and that's why I give the benefit of the doubt to the SEC, which is why no matter what happens on conference championship game weekend, they'll have one team in. And it could possibly be two if Alabama upsets Georgia. It is Giving Tuesday here on ESPN Radio, v.org slash donate. For more information where you can donate to cancer research, we are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.